Attention, Pokemon players. You're listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. On today's episode, Chuck is on dog duty. Jake keeps going three and one. And we are joined by the one and only Pokey Emmy. Chuck, how are we doing today, my friend? I am doing good. It is a good, good day. Um, just a little busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, the missus is out of town uh, for work. So, like you said, I'm on. I am solo this week, so I'm on dog duty for everything, uh, making sure they get everything they need because they're needy little dogs. Little, um, really <laughs> needy big dogs, really. Um, right. But hopefully, I don't hear them in the background. They should be napping or something like that right now. But uh, yeah, doing that, uh, taking care of that, playing Pokemon, and you know, having fun other, uh, when I can because I have the house to myself. There it is. That's that's the dream right there, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, for me, um, As I, I was. What's up? As I forget to ask you every yeah, week. Every week. Every how was week? your it's week? Fine. <laughs> it's fine. No, it was good. Um, went to locals, uh, you know, after a lot of testing, like we talked about last week, uh, decided to bring uh, the new variant of Chen Pao with the, with the Iron Hands. Obviously a really good deck, uh, but, you know, the deck can be bricky at times, um, sequencing sometimes. Uh, and one of the games I made a, a dumb misplay that cost me 100%. Um, but then, you know, the, the deck felt smooth after that, but I still just keep getting stuck in that three and one zone, um, regardless if it's, you know, just a local league night or a challenge or whatever. It's always three uh, one. It's, it's been a while since I've done, had like a clean day. So obviously trying to improve upon that. But, you know, it is what it is. Try to learn from your mistakes. Um, but other than that, uh, I was able to uh, be a the scoreboard operator for my son's uh, playoff hockey game. Uh and they just kind of did a quick crash course. This is how you do it. And of course, at the end of like, I think it was like the second period, any of the close game, the, the the referee was like, you need to stop the clock. Right? Like there's a bunch of like random things. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know the buttons. Uh, I, I ended up figuring it out. And and it only was a little bit of a delay. But uh, uh, no, it was fun being able to do that. And then obviously it was awesome because uh, he got to, uh, my son's team got to win. Uh, so they won the first round. Uh, so they're actually they played a, yesterday. Uh, that was yesterday, and then they're playing tomorrow now uh, to hopefully make the finals. So uh, maybe I should tell them, hey, I need to do scorekeep again, just kind of keep that good luck mojo going on for him. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You can't change things in hockey. You got to, yeah, right. Every, everything is uh, superstitious. Right. But I can, to, imagine, <laughs> I can only imagine you behind the scoreboard when they're like, you got to be quick. And you're, because I've seen you behind, uh, the the manning a stream before and you have to click buttons and all do <laughs> right right no, no, that's not my, i can think quick when i'm on the ice i can think quick you know when i'm playing pokemon or whatnot uh but whenever it comes to anything technical technological uh and, and making a quick decision especially when i'm learning uh no that's not for me <laughs> yeah, yeah that's that's funny um but yeah uh i guess that's enough about us I, like i said we do have a guest uh, today, and we are joined uh, by the multi-talented Pokey Emmy. Uh, welcome to the cast. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. Uh, not a um, problem. It's been a long time coming for sure. Um, you know, and obviously, uh, you've been part of the community for a long while. Um, you know, you you multifaceted portions, not just uh, as a as a competitor. Um, but uh, but f- before we get into all that, um, this is your time to shine. So I guess uh, for those who may not know who you are. 
um, you know, let us know who you are and a little bit about your Pokemon journey to this point. Um, so yeah, I'm Emmy Stonier, aka Pokey Emmy online. Um, I'm a competitive Pokemon TCG player and a caster as well. Um, founder of Girl Power TCG is probably what people know me for the best. Um, but also every week I am the semi-permanent co-host of the Tournament of Doom with Zach Roy, Senior Doom on Twitch. Mm -hmm. um, so every Friday we are online, except for last week when we had Saturday, uh, first regional of Doom, which was an absolute <laughs> blast. Um, I've only been playing since about Evolving Skies. Uh, I, at the time, had gotten back into collecting the TCG during COVID and went to a pre-release because I wanted pretty new shiny cardboard and I pulled a Moonbrion oh <laughs> out of my pre-release <laughs> kit. And yeah, I've just been hooked ever since. Um, so that was my first deck I ever played was Single Strike Urshifu. Um, like fell in love with single strike with that. Uh, obviously never played the moon Brion, but right, right. Yeah. That's, I, that's awesome that you were able to pull that card. I know during that specific time frame and uh, we were doing our pre-release, I remember winning that one. I was lucky enough and I got a, a ton of prize packs. because It was a really generous store. And I remember just not pulling anything. And then one of the, one of the people uh, that didn't do so, so well, got like one or two packs and ended up pulling it. Uh, which I was very stoked for them, but I was also that was like a very bittersweet moment because it was like, man, I I had the odds in my favor, but I missed it. Right. But, uh, pulling a card like that is just always so so awesome. For sure. <laughs> I, I'm kind of glad I never did pull it because I would have played it, and I would be probably not bad. Like, right. I I did. No one would like get me right now. The, the V, which I did get graded, so that was nice. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm that guy on on, no. on locals night that is. Uh, when I have fancy cards, I'm I'm playing them, and everyone looks at me, and they go, "Why?" It's like, "What are you doing?" Right. And then I shuffled them, and they're like, "You're hurting me. Stop!" And and I, I swear I, you do it card... to see other people's reactions. <laughs> yeah, I, I do it. I mean, I like to see their reactions now, but I just look at them like, "Hey, these are cards. They're meant to be played." So I'm right, play but I mean, I mean, so Chuck will buy. It doesn't matter the deck. He'll buy all the gold energy to whatever color deck that is. You know, twenty twenty five dollar cards generally, and he'll have eight, ten of them, whatever it is. Riffle shuffle plus all the other. It's, it's just so painful to watch. I can't. I, I can't anymore. When we first started playing. He was like, oh, I'm going to go my max rarity. It was just reverse hollows. And <laughs> now <laughs> how far we have come. Hey, Pokemon knows how to print pretty cards. So I, I can't they do. I mean, I feel you on in terms of like ripple shuffling, expensive, shiny cardboard. Um, I only have one deck that I have fully blinged out. Um, the battle VIP passes are borrowed for like the promos because mm -hmm. those are a little spendy. I didn't want to buy a playset, but my new VMAX deck is like, Except for the fact that we have four different Mew Vs. So I was like, I'm going to run all four artworks and make that's people cringe that way. That's so. another thing. I, I think I just like making people cringe because I do that too. Mm -hmm. um, uh, whenever you run a deck with research, I have four different researches in there. Um, I find it easier to price check those. Just like, let me, Juniper, Oak, like whatever. Um, I will run four different arts of Pokemons if they have them. Um, but usually, usually they don't, there's only a few select times where you actually get away with doing that. And Mu V is like one of them. So yeah, well, I was I, like, sorry, now sorry, we have, uh, 
with the upcoming Iron Valiant deck, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about the meta later, but there is four different Iron Valiants, so I just need to get the gold, and then I have all four. <laughs> I actually just pulled that uh, on on uh, on live right now before I was uh, just playing a couple games as I was kind of getting prepared for tonight's podcast, and I actually pulled that one. <laughs> I, I wish I was able to trade it to you. Um <laughs> But actually, I was gonna. I had a few questions, kind of as you alluded to, between Girl Power Tournament of uh, of Doom co-hosts. Obviously, plenty of questions there. But you did mention Mew. Uh, I know we're gonna talk, um, you know, meta later. But obviously, as a newer player, Evolving Skies, um, being able to, um, what was it, top sixty four for refresh my memory? Is that what you got with Mew? Um, yeah, Mew Grabbers. I I, I, mm-hmm. I I need to know a little bit about that run, uh, how that went, how you went about the deck choice. Um, and obviously, as a newer competitive player, how that that run kind of went for you and in, in your experience? Yeah, um, it, I mean, first of all, it was amazing. The whole tournament was just an amazing experience. Um, both day one and day two, I found myself in a very interesting position, starting off 3-0 and then being one of the four tables on the like vote for the community vote to be put up on the Twitch stream, which was really, really fun. Um, in terms of like a meta like decision to play Mew, um, I don't really have a reason. It's just that last season I spent so much time playing Lost Box that uh, my friend, he actually owns the local card shop I play at, um, Dragon's Lair out here in Oregon. Uh, my friend Ven was like, I'm taking away your comp face. You are going back to Mew and then you can have them back after NAIC um, last season. Right. And- I played Fusion Mew at NAIC and I went 5-3-1, got my first like points at a major. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Mew's still good. Okay. Right, right. Um, obviously, Charizard EX coming out kind of put a wrench in Fusion for a second there. So um was inspired by Rowan's list um, that he got. Was it top eight or top four? Um, I think it was top four. My memory is shot, but I know it was definitely, he made that top Not eight for sure. I think you made it to four. It was it was definitely a really interesting list. So um took a look at the list, made a couple changes because I was a little more scared of lost box. Mm. Um so instead of playing only two escape rope, I played like two switch cart. Um but yeah, no, it, I mean it was amazing and being up on stream was amazing. So I managed to get both of my goals for the season in the same tournament, which was my first day two and my first stream game, which is just nuts. Like it was like dream come true. So very cool, very that's cool. Awesome. That, that's awesome. Uh how often did the grabbers come in into play? Oh, all the time. Um, like especially and the thing I have to say too is playing a deck like that. Like I kind of gravitate now as a player a little more towards the control archetypes. Like I really like judge path decks. I really liked grabber, being able to know what's in my opponent's hand before I decide to judge them, I owno them, fang snipe them. Um, especially really liking testing block snorlax right now, but that's another point. Um <laughs> we'll get to that deck. <laughs> <laughs> I would say all of my opponents throughout my whole like every single round were such good sports about me judge path sniping them <laughs> like um especially my winning into day two i played against um this wonderful guy playing colorless lugia and both games i just got the luxray off and got rid of everything and he was just smiling and laughing the whole time he was like of course i would hit this on my winning in it's right. totally fine like he was so cheerful and then 
day two against um, Jared Grimes playing Chien Pao. Right. Like we had such a fun set back and forth and I know it was painful, but he's just like laughing as I'm like grabbing his back scalibur to the bottom, get rid of your rare candy, you know, just really <laughs> mean. <laughs> so. Right. Right. Wow. That's crazy. Well, that's awesome. Um, uh, so did you have any standout specific uh, matchup? Was it that, is it that winning into day two? Um, or is there anything in, the, in day two that like stood out to you? Um, I think, I mean, obviously the stream game kind of, uh, takes over everything, just like such an amazing experience. But, um, if I can go back to day one, I wouldn't have made day two if I hadn't had played against my round four opponent. Um, so at the time we were both three Oh, I actually hit someone who's kind of local to me. His name's Billy. He was playing Charizard, um, EX, I think it was Arvinzard and, he was telling me, oh, this is such a bad matchup if you're playing Mew. And I was like, what do you mean it's a bad matchup? And we played, he 2-0'd me, like, clean sweep. I hadn't tested a ton before Sacramento, mm. but I wouldn't have beat the second Arvinzard I played day one if he hadn't have sat down with me at the table for 15 minutes and told me exactly how to beat it. And he just, like, went over it with me and was like, you're going to do this, you're going to make day two. I wouldn't have done it that without him. So I was like, huge shout wow, out to that's... Billy. I think that was probably like one of the big standouts for, for me. Like he and I kind of recognized each other. He's a Washington player mm -hmm. and I'm in Oregon. So kind of local, we made top eight at a cup at the same cup earlier in the season. So, but yeah, no, I was like, otherwise I wouldn't have been as successful um, throughout the day. That's amazing. Uh, that's just completely amazing to me where, uh, you know, obviously you, you, there's some kind of camaraderie there, but just being able to sit down afterwards and kind of go over the matchup um, and help a, a fellow competitor. Um, that's what this community is all about in general. So uh, I love that story. That's actually probably one of my favorites that I've heard from somebody for sure. Yeah, oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I totally like hearing. I like hearing about people just, you know, especially in that moment, just helping, helping another player out in general, just with, yeah. with a little, someone has the knowledge. I like that when, Someone has the knowledge, they share the knowledge. It's not, it's not something yeah, that too, I want to Too that often we hear those stories of salty players, uh, regardless if it's a bad beat or they think they deserve to win or whatever. And, you know, I, 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 I'm guilty of being salty from time to time, but I've, I've never, ever directed it towards, like, uh, my opponent. But, like, you've heard definitely horror stories. So that was a complete inverse that we don't hear enough about. And so I do very much yeah. <laughs> thank you for bringing it up. Sure. All right. So, uh, you know, outside of that tournament, obviously a magical run, obviously great, great. And I hoped for continued success for you uh, the rest of the season and, and throughout your uh, Pokemon career. Uh, but, you know, there's two other things that you did mention there in your kind of intro. Um, you know, you were the founder of Team Girl Power. So how did that happen? Um, and, and kind of go through that journey a little bit. So uh, we just had like kind of feel good, like positivity story. So not not to get negative here, but um, Girl Power was born out of me going to a local card shop that I did not have a good experience at, um, that I kind of had a misogynistic encounter with a store owner and then later found out that that store owner was um, getting sued for uh, harassment of a female employee. And out of frustration, I had tweeted out, do any other women want to make a competitive team? Because I was just like, kind of, I was like that in combination with some other stuff I had seen online. Um, and I didn't expect in the moment for the tweet to kind of blow up and to get 
so much support like from allies like I had you know um random players that didn't even know me like you know big names in the community retweeting it saying this should be a thing um we made a discord uh for the people who were interested and then yeah like a year later, we have, you know, over 250 players in our Discord community. We have jerseys. We have um, all of this stuff going on at events, meetups. Um, yeah, I know it's amazing. Like, we just hit 2,000 followers on our Twitter. Wow. It's nuts. I would have never expected um, something, like, negative to turn into a positive thing. So, at least that's that's a great thing. Um, so, obviously, I did not do it on my own. Um, so, I kind of got the ball rolling, but all of the moderators and everyone else on the team who helped me kind of piece everything together, of course, huge shout out to them. Um, and then I think the favorite thing that um, we're doing this season, which is kind of new, is we're doing our team mom at regionals, um, mostly focusing at on North American regionals. Um, we have players from all over the world in our community, but um, very much more focused on North American uh, events kind of as a, as a group right now. But yeah, it's been really nice to see the team mom actually become so clutch. So if you're at a regional and you're, you need a mask or a bandaid or feminine hygiene products, like I was playing in the cup at Toronto and I actually had a guy come up to me and say, where's the team mom? My girlfriend just uh, suddenly started her time of the month and she mm -hmm. doesn't have anything. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is actually <laughs> working. This is right. So Things that, like Chuck and I don't community. have to like never even would have occurred to us or or dawned on us because obviously we don't have to. That's amazing. Like it, it definitely um, being able just to step up and and support you know all the female um, you know players um, in any facet. Obviously um, from you know at the time need uh, you know uh, during during uh, tournaments and then just uh, obviously a support group uh, and not only just a support group obviously. Um, a really good testing group and in a good place to learn to play uh, the game of Pokemon as well. For sure. I just like the, the aspect too, like even like not like, not even just like a, like a, just from a, a, a girl standpoint, but just a team mom in general, I would, I would enjoy a team mom just to, you know, get your, anything you might need. They're there for it. Like, that's awesome. And I mean, I had a small moment like aspect. that where some of our guys on our team was like, I'm hungry. We don't have time. And I just pulled out a Nutri-Game bar or something like that. That's the closest I've gotten to that. <laughs> well, I'm definitely inspired by um, seeing that from, you know, either um, parents who were focused on like their local like juniors or seniors at like kind of the tournaments or, um, yeah, just seeing that from different groups and being like, um, you know, we need this or at, like at Sacramento, um, I had a friend of mine, Nathan Stratford actually messaged me and was like, all right, I'm your mom for day two. If you need snacks, water, whatever you've got, just go kick butt and, you know, I'll, I'll take care of everything else. So having that support, having someone, you know, even like a shoulder to cry on, like you get, you, you go to your winning in, you get judge path, grab her luxury, <laughs> you right. know, and, like having someone There's... like to shoulder to cry on is definitely important as well. So, and the first person that you run to, uh, you know, celebrate with too is always a good thing too. <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right. So jumping to uh, the last, you know, kind of uh, uh, facet of your 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 involvement within the community. Obviously, you said uh, you are perma perma co-hosts of the tournament of doom. Um, 
tell us a little bit about that journey, how that got started um, and, and anything you want to mention there. Yeah, um, so semi-permanent co-host of the Tournament of Doom, and for some reason, Zach always calls me the ever-amazing Pokey Emmy, um, which I think <laughs> is adorable, but yeah, um, so I think a little over a year ago, uh, Zach Roy, uh, Senior Doom, reached out to me and um, Linty at the time right. to be guests on um, for casting. I had never casted before but I really wanted to try it. Um, and I also am like very passionate about making sure that, you know, we have women's voices, you know, on stream, like um, obviously we see Frosted Caribou on the stream. Um, but yeah, I wanted to try it and I just fell in love with it. Um, chat really liked the way that me and Zach kind of had a back and forth. And so at some point he reached out and he was like, you know what, we should like make this a thing. You should be on every week. Um, so obviously I'm not on all the time, especially when I'm at regionals or I do work a crazy schedule. So um, he has guests lined up. Um, we try to have guests lined up uh, right. outside of that. Yeah, no, casting um, has definitely made me a better player. Um, and it's definitely made me sit down, think things through, actually look forward to the meta and making sure like, I am a stickler now about like ability names and actually announcing the correct attack names, like little <laughs> things like that. So that's completely um, opposite from our last guest. <laughs> we had we Zach Massage on last week and he's like, yeah, I just say attack for knockout. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wanna, no, I'm I, like <laughs> such a stickler for that. Like, I'm like, you have to tell me exactly how much damage you're doing. Like I need to, or I'll work through it, you know, in my head and make sure, I don't know, just like the little things, um, or like, I'll say star alchemy when I'm flipping over my thing for four seal stone and people will be like, what are you doing? Right. Right. <laughs> I'd be in trouble because I, I constantly, and Chuck gets on me of this. I'll play I Iono instead of ear or I'll play I Irida, but say Iono and then vice versa, because they're just so close and, you know, and the dyslexia kicks in and I've actually lost uh, a very important game in a, in a, in a challenge for, you know, getting first uh, because I played that wrong card, even though I had both in hand. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I can see where it's very important to, to, to announce that and, and really, you know, talk through to your opponent as well. For sure. All right, Chuck, I know this was longer than normal on the intro, but we do also have uh, a standard set of questions that we haven't got into yet. Uh, <laughs> I, was, so, I was waiting to see when we were going to get there. So, I mean, Emmy has a lot of credentials that we had to go over that definitely no. needed to be talked about. Oh no, that, I'm not. I'm not complaining. This is <laughs> this is great. So, uh, what, whenever you're ready to move on to the standard four, uh, four or five. Mm -hmm. All right, so I get to start. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I'll go with the first question. Um, so. I usually call this the softball. Um, so it's a very standard, easy question. Uh, what is your favorite Pokemon? All right. My, my all-time favorite Pokemon is Furret. I absolutely love Furret. Um, first Pokemon game that I ever played was Crystal. I love Gen 2. Um, but I am very partial, as you can see me up on stream. I have a Gloom plush. Oddish Gloom, Vile Plume are definitely very dear to my heart. Gloom has been with me to every single regional I've ever attended. And still now, like, three different countries as well. Um, <laughs> and then I have a Flareon plush. And Flareon's a uh, kind of thing with my testing partner who has a matching plush as well. So I was really glad I got to bring them both up on stream with me. <laughs> 
Very cool. That's Very awesome. cool. All right. So this might get a little harder. Still kind of a softball question. Um, what is your favorite Pokemon card? Now, this does not have to be standard legal. It doesn't have to be playable. It could be art. It could be any reason. What is your favorite Pokemon card? Hmm. I would say, um, so standard legal right now, I would probably say Cramomatic because you live by it or die by it. Right. <laughs> um, and I, something I've started doing that was suggested to me at Toronto is I've started tracking to see how many heads I flip versus tails because I felt at, at Sacramento, I definitely was flipping like more heads than tails and sometimes felt bad about it. Like if it mm -hmm. was game changing. Right. Um, but at Toronto, it was the opposite. I was like tails all day long, especially when it mattered in those opening hands where you have nothing and you're like, I just need a battle VIP pass, please. Right. Um, but if I was going to say in terms of artwork, I think it would be that alternate art Mew VMAX. It's just so cute. And I also really like Smeargle as a Pokemon. Uh, I went to art school. I've been an artist my whole life. So um, him just like all the Pokemon like floating in the background and having to be really chaotic. Right, right. I love that. I love that card for sure. Um, another one of those ones that I got graded. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a, a good artwork. Mm -hmm. um, so now I get to get into, oh, geez, it's been a minute since I've done these. Um, Again, a little bit of a harder one because mm -hmm. we have to go to the opposite spectrum. Um, so what is your least favorite Pokemon card for any reason at all? Maybe you don't like the art. Maybe uh, you don't particularly enjoy being judged or any not let's say not. <laughs> I don't think judged, it's to be but... judged path or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever reason, uh, your least favorite card. Hmm. That's a good question. I think that in terms of like playing it and having it betray me, I was actually thinking about this earlier, like comparing my run at Sacramento to at Fresno, where I was playing the same concept, right? Judge Path, DTE Mew, um, but playing Roxanne instead of Iono. Iono was like so clutch all day at Sacramento, but Roxanne is a liar. So right. <laughs> at Fresno, I felt like I was just rock sanding my opponent into the exact cards they needed every time. Like they they would just flash me the boss's orders and I'd be like, I give up. I tried. I tried so hard. I don't um, know how many times I've heard people say like, no matter what format it is, like N plus disruption or reset stamp versus and 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 in lock and then obviously rock sand and you just give them the card they need. Yeah. <laughs> it's always alive <laughs> um but in turn so that's like for cards that have betrayed me and then i think like as a deck i will I'll say it now because it's coming back with earth and vessel reggie's reggie's was the bane of my existence when i first started playing Mew last season um especially like earlier in the season when it was really really good uh, now it's coming back. So having tested against it, I'm like, oh, I forgot. I really don't like Reggie's. Yeah, I, I never I was a fan of Reggie's at all. Uh, I always loved playing decks that was a very heavy uh, favorite against it. I think that's why I always like like the Lost Boxes or errands because there's always a, I always I was playing <laughs> always a win out. <laughs> I was always playing against decks that was like bad against Reggie's. So I'm with you. I just like. I never was, they flip over a Reggie and I'm like, oh no, not this again. No, you um, just play Eternatus just, with the wheezing and you're all good. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess. So uh, I, I can feel you on that one. For sure, for sure. All right. So two more, uh, you know, uh, questions to get to know you and then we'll go on. Um, but uh, I, I might have an idea what this is, but uh, we'll see. Um, what is your best Pokemon memory uh, to date? Man, that's a great question. Oh, you know what? I, I actually have an answer and it's different. It's probably different. It's not like girl power related or anything. So um, there's a local kiddo to me um who uh had qualified for worlds and so i was helping him test for worlds um specifically i was helping because his dad knew that i was good with fusion mew and so he was like all right let's test uh fusion mew against he was playing uh arceus umbreon um uh with duraludon i think and um every time and testing like testing different things because he was also trying out lost box as well um he I would lost zone his Drapion and as he was putting his Drapion into the lost zone he would be like thank you for your service Drapion and it's just so precious like every time he would do it I would just like crack up like this kid is so funny and just like so positive like doesn't mind that his Drapion's getting sent away so I think that's probably like my favorite memory it was like testing before worlds with him no that's 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 awesome. awesome that's beautiful um obviously uh, kids have a different, you know, <laughs> a light that they they have, um, and that the positivity. Obviously, uh, look at the good and, and not the bad. And obviously, that's 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 awesome. Hey, I love kids. Kids have just uh, some of the greatest takes uh, on the game sometimes. So, <laughs> like when Brody beat us both when he was playing Fusion Mew, uh, what New Year's last year? <laughs> he yeah, beat us he was- both. Yeah, he's walking around like I, I'm, I, I, I'm the best player in the house. He's, he's like, like, I run the gauntlet of the triple P. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, he's a hoop, but <laughs> all right, yeah. Chuck, you got the last one. All right, so um, this one's a fun. One. Uh, so uh, it's a little bit of a hypothetical, but let's say the next regional you're at, Pokemon has changed the rules on on streaming a little bit, and we're now gonna have walk-up music so what song is pokemon gonna play when they're announcing your name to come out on stream oh that's a good question um i have like two songs that play in my head or that i listen to before or like regional and you know like i um grew up playing competitive sports so there was always like i actually played softball growing up competitively so i'm very familiar with walk-up songs so i'd have to choose between the two um i have to look up the name of the the one but the first one would be imagine dragons um cutthroat mm-hmm. uh, that, okay. that was maybe a little too intense <laughs> but um <laughs> the other one was playing in my head like the whole time at sacramento um it's by joey valance and bray um which are like two silly kind of rapper guys um they're very much like kind of beastie boys like old school vibes is called rn which stands for right now but they have a line in there um and uh they're like it's like referencing pokemon so they have a line that's like metal like caesar like the pokemon so i don't know (laughs) no that's that's pretty cool I'll have to check that one out too. Obviously, a nod to Pokemon and competitive, uh, uh, you know, juices flowing. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah, thanks. Well, that that wraps up the the standard four questions. 
Jake, you have any questions for Pokemi here now? No, I mean, I'm obviously we'll get into meta talk and all that stuff. Uh, but I know it was a good time uh, getting to know her as a player and person. Uh, but with that being said, it's time to uh, pull into the pit stop. And at the beginning of like, like every good pit stop, we start with some trivia. It's time, time for trivia. 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 At least I'm going to do trivia this time. Is uh, I open a pack of cards uh, live right here, and then whatever my hit is, I will give you either an attack or an ability, and we have to, to guess the Pokemon. Sometimes they're very easy, and I might change the rules mid-pack like I did last <laughs> week because everything was a very playable, very seen card, so you had to get all three, which you guys did. Um, but we'll see uh, what we get this time. Um, and, and now the first hint is this is a play pack, so this can be from all over the place. Um, all right, it's one of those ones. So I'm still waiting my... for him to pull like that ultra expensive card and <laughs> just to see if he gives it away on his face. Yet it has not happened yet. I, I have not gotten anything really great doing this, but uh, I do have one that uh, this might be a little tricky. We'll see. Um, so the ability on this Pokemon is called fire off um as often as you like during your turn you may move a fire energy from one of your bench pokemon to your active pokemon so i'm telling you which pokemon that is yeah we're we're both working together uh to try to figure out what this is so it's going from the bench energy from the bench to the active i was like do you know what it is because i'm pretty sure i know what it is i mean i don't I obviously it has to be fire, uh, standard. Uh, but I, nothing's coming to mind right off the hop. So, what do you think it is, Emmy? Pretty sure it's Armor Rouge. I'm pretty sure Emmy's right. Yeah. See, this is why I like having partners because uh, I'll just get the credit <laughs> for getting it, and I didn't even do any of the work. All right, <laughs> bonus bonus points. Um, no, these are all easy. I literally. Like the, that was the hardest thing to ask you. I could have asked you what does Penny do, which is really easy. What and what does Professor's Research do, which was my other hit. And my big That's hit was an energy, which I can't really say any kind of clue it on. It powers up so, a Pokemon. <laughs> the, the the only Pokemon was the Armor Rouge, and uh, I think I gotta stop using play packs because I think yes. it's like the yeah, no, they're too small. You, you probably should an energy. Use like yeah, you <laughs> yeah. should probably re- use a regular one. So. Um, I'm going to do the same thing, and you you guys will both be on a team, which I'm not opening a pack, though. It's just a Pokemon that is standard or going to be near standard uh, uh, Pokemon. So, obviously, with the new set uh, there. Uh, so, this Pokemon uh, has an attack name, Venomous Hit. Venomous Hit or Hit? Hit. Hit. So now, we, do, we do we do lifelines. Yeah, we do oh, okay. types, uh, stages, and set. Yeah, see, Jake hits the hard ones. I, I leave my to. question up to chance. That's why. Uh, <laughs> so I have two I, trivia I, I agree with masters you. I think this over is here. Be something dark, possibly. Um, That's what I was thinking. Type. It could. It could out of of nowhere too, but. Um, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use a lifeline because I don't know where okay. to go. What type is it? It is dark. It is dark. Okay. 
What, what stage it, is the card? What stage? It is a stage one. Stage one. Evolution. Okay, so stage one dark Pokemon. I mean, uh, you got Garboder. Uh, he's poisony, trash. Uh, Muck. You could do. Uh, I'm thinking like ven or like um, venomous means bite. So I'm thinking like Golbat. I'm thinking like Arbok. Um, I'm trying to yeah, remember uh, what Golbat is a good one. I don't remember what Arbok's attack names are though. Um, what's the last lifeline? Uh, uh, set. What set is it from? It's Paradox Rift. Okay, so. If it's a stage not, one, hmm. There was not a gold, or no, there was not a Arbok. There was mm -hmm. a Golbat. There is a Zubat Crobat line. There was a Garboder. There was not uh this last I can think of. Not a muck. I'm with you on Golbat. I think that's gonna be the best bet. We're, we're locking in Golbat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like where you guys were going. Um, that is not the right answer. Uh, oh. It was Garboder. Um, oh. So I think I, I, the reason I, like, I saw this, I saw this, and then you guys kind of did fall in that crap where you're like, ah, he's not really, like, he's more of like poison. That that more sounded like a bite, like Amy said. So that's kind of why why I was like, okay, yeah, this is that's the one I'm going with today. Makes sense. I always have to. I have to amp up the, the difficulty level because Chuck is really good at this game. I am not. So that's why he usually throws the softballs uh, towards I me. am really good at retaining uh, useless knowledge. That's why I'm pretty good at this. I I have a lot of useless knowledge. It just doesn't come to bulk Pokemon cards. All right. Um, that's going to wrap up trivia then. Right. Uh, again, Jake stumping me with Pokemon that but doesn't get played, but hey, that's okay. Hey, you stumped me too. If it wasn't for Emmy, <laughs> I, I would have been in trouble. Um, no. Uh, so that wraps up trivia. I think it's time to move in and take a break for our sponsors. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. And don't forget to check out our weekly league Thursdays at 6.30. All right. Thanks again, Sports Car Junction, for being a great sponsor. Uh, and just like... After every good ad break, it is time to step into this week's news. Uh, and this week's news does not give us too much uh, new things to talk about. Um, obviously, we're getting real close and everything like that. But uh, that's for the future. Uh, the only things we did see um, is a couple card releases from our new sets coming down. Uh, the Shiny Treasure EX set. Uh, we did see... Uh, for all the Lucario fans out there, a, a shiny Riolu Lucario. Um, this is a Scarlet Violet card that um, is going to get a shiny version. And, uh, you know, anyone who likes Caesar, uh, uh the Obsidian is going to get a shiny version as well as his counterpart, Scyther. So uh, 
get them decks blinged out if you're using them. Uh, the only new card we did see uh, was a uh, another uh, running of Gimme Ghoul and Goldingo. Um, so uh, Gimme Ghoul uh, has a, a neat new attack that actually might be useful, as I didn't bring oh, up A call before. for family that does more than one? Uh, no, uh, it's <laughs> it's actually called Hide in the Treasure Chest. Uh, but you flip a coin if heads, and you prevent all damage done and effects of attacks done to this Pokemon. So it on a coin flip, you can wall off uh, instead of call for family. So what's this retreat? Uh, one. So mm. it, it might find its way in there just to uh, offer a different flavor for Goldingo EX. Uh, the other, the other uh, Goldingo uh, is not an EX, so it's a single prize Goldingo. 130 HP metal Pokemon, just like we all seen before. Comes with two different attacks. Uh, this one for a colorless, you can uh, one colorless ener energy. You can do Bountiful Riches. Attach any number of basic metal energy from your hand to your Pokemon in any way you like. So you're playing Goldingo EX, and you want to get all the metal energies to your hand for some reason. This guy will do it. Uh, and then for a metal and two colorless, Gorgeous Surf. 80x damage, flip a coin for each metal energy attached to this Pokemon. This attack does 80 damage for each heads. Uh, so I was excited to see this as I am a fan of Goldingo EX to see a potential single prizer to use in Goldingo EX uh, that evolves from Gimme Ghoul. Uh, but I will ask you two first, what do we think of this Goldingo? We'll start with Emmy. Yeah, um, I think, like, I don't know why my brain is thinking of pretty much any other deck other than Goldango EX, but my brain immediately thought, huh, I wonder how that pairs with Dialga V-Star, like being able to power up something that needs a lot of metal energy. The other thing I was thinking about as well is um, Agron V and VMAX, kind of these um, attackers that need way too much energy to be able to um, be super competitively viable, but um, I don't know. It might be a fun, silly deck. I know uh, people are playing Magnezone to be able to try to charge up the Dialga or playing it in like a Lost Box way. Um, being able to take another turn, obviously we're seeing that with Metacham V with Yoga Loop a lot right now, paired with like Iron Valiant or like Rapid Strike attackers as well just be so popular breaking the rules of the game is like obviously so good right so <laughs> right no that that's all viable um where she was kind of going off of you know different archetypes that it could help that are metal i was stuck on gimme goal and and that first attack uh where you basically flip a coin to potentially um you know save yourself for a turn we've seen decks um, you know, like the flying Pikachu and like the the the, uh, the Arceus decks of old, um, even as recently as, you know, Mahone's group playing uh, the the Maridons with a flying Pikachu um, and talking in length um, over on their end about how important that Pikachu V is on on game states where it's an auto loss. It gives you one turn to like kind of build up your board state to be able to to hit. Um, obviously, if you're able to do something like that, uh, no matter what the archetype is, it always it adds value uh, to, you know, from from a zero percent win percentage to potentially um, giving yourself a turn or two to get back into the game. So um, that's kind of where I was stuck. Uh, is it going to be meta relevant? Probably not. But uh, I mean, you know, it, it 
keeps the mind <laughs> going on potential deck choices. Yeah. Uh, I'll chime in now. Um, I think Emmy gave us the good potential use for it. If you wanted to stick it in, in into something, uh, it could be something that gets a bunch of uh, basic metals from your hand onto your board. Um, I was hoping for something a little bit better than a, a flip attack on on the Goldingo attack. Uh, just anything. Like it didn't even have to be crazy decent. Just something that uh, can be usable for a low energy cost. But uh, because I think Goldingo EX could benefit from a single prizer, but um, I I don't see it being meta relevant as you said. I think the gimmick. If any either of these two. We'll see a meta deck. I think the gimme goal will be the one to use that hide in the treasure chest. Uh, I don't know. But... Remember, remember Whale Lord V. That was a very fun flip deck. This is kind of has that written all yeah, over I mean, it. Yeah, if you can just get metals out, attach them all at once. Um, if it was water energy, if it didn't matter that it was metal. <laughs> right, that's true. Good point. Then you just bag for just go to town. But uh, uh, yeah, I I don't I don't mean meta, but uh, you might you might find it in something uh creative out there. We'll use that word. For sure. All right. I think that's gonna do it for our news articles. Um with that being said, it's always uh you know time to jump into Triple P's season watch. Uh kind of see catch up uh, where Chuck and I are, and depending on who our guest is, see where they are in the season. Um so I always do like to start with Chuck still. Um Chuck. How's it going? Uh, any changes from last week? I ha- I do actually have a change. Um, so uh, our my locals Friday turned in uh, was a challenge this week. So uh, I played in it. Uh, they actually switched up. They've been doing challenges best of three still, but uh, I guess for whatever someone wasn't me. I've tried, uh, but someone convinced them to finally do best of one. So um, I know. I think last week I was. I, I said I was done playing Sablezard for a little bit, and then I was going to lean on Chen nice, Pao, but nice. I had one more non-tournament to play in, and I, I, I went back to Sablezard since it was best of one. Uh, I feel a little bit more confident with that in best of one, and uh, I ended up uh, second place. Um, so finished in second. Uh, 12 more points to my 52. Uh, Could have been 4-0, but with every good challenge, you run into some weird stuff. Right. Uh, so I want to just give a shout out to Evan, the guy I played who played Pikachu V Union uh, item lock. And I have to give him a high five because I was still like, I can beat you. Uh, but he proceeded to go second and then get a V Union and three energy on it on his first turn. So uh, I did not play but two was that game, game was that game on any of the streams or recordings i would love to see it, how that happened <laughs> um he did play on stream uh he said he was getting it pretty quickly all night but uh yeah uh i i only played items turn one it was not fun playing lost box with no items uh but i gave it a i gave it a game i i ended up still knocking out that v max and i got to eight in the loss zone so uh there it is but uh i was too too far behind at that point so 
it's all good. No, points is points. So yeah, you're yeah, on the right track for sure. Yep. So that makes four total finishes that are either first or second. So I'm happy with my challenge finishes. Only got only got two more to put in there, and uh, if they're all first and seconds, I'll be pretty excited about that. So yeah, uh, no, no, no. I wish I had your challenge luck. I think you you think uh, inverse on the cup things for me. So, uh, but yeah, for me, uh, no change of last week. I'm still sitting at two forty six um, with a challenge or with a cup coming up this coming up weekend uh, at our sponsor store, Sports Card Junction. Um, there was a chance I was going to go to a different store on Saturday, but I'm unable to with a uh, holiday season fast approaching. I know there was a uh, friendsgiving. Uh, thing with uh, my wife and her friends and all that stuff. So we'll be going to do that, uh, hanging out with, uh, you know, all the kiddos, watching them run around the yard. It'll be great. Uh, but still being able to uh, go ahead and play at Sports Car Junction. Hopefully I can get into, you know, top four again uh, and try to, you know, make a run at that first place. I do want that Miauskarada, I can't say the name right now, Miauskarada <laughs> deck, uh, Matt. Um, obviously I do, uh, you know, tr- cutting for those points, but it'd be nice, um, spend a minute since, uh, you know, winning a mat. So it'd be great. Um, still undecided on the deck. Um, I've been kind of jumping between, uh, the new, uh, evolution Zard kind of deck, uh, feels pretty good. Obviously I think Chen Pao is still the best deck in format right now. Cause it has so many options. Obviously it loses to itself sometimes, um, and then, you know, seeing some Lost Box variants actually do well um, and some of these online tournaments and just kind of overall while I was scouting uh, still makes me maybe want to go back to Lost Box because, you know, I love my Lost Box. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, still some time uh, with work. It's a little hard to be testing right now, but uh, we'll see what I come up with. Uh, and hopefully, you know, I have some some points to come away to talk about next week. But Emmy, how about yourself? Where are you at right now in the season? And, uh, you know, what's it looking like? Um, so I have 153 points right now. Um, I have a couple random challenge finishes. I think one first place and some cups. Um, I think only two top eights for that. And then top 256 at Pittsburgh, top 64 at Sacramento. Um I'm not doing Arlington. So my next thing is um, Portland regionals, which is hometown regionals for Mm -hmm. me. So I'll sleep in my own bed and drive there. Um, In terms of like super soon, um, I do have a double cup weekend upcoming soon, like this upcoming weekend. I don't know what I'm going to play. The card shop that the Saturday cup is at, I played at their league on Sunday and I played Guardy. I went to two. I didn't feel great about it, but I also felt like I had to, uh, you know, pay pay my dues for what ended up winning the regional of Doom. Mm-hmm. So I tried to play Luke Morsa, Celio's Network's list. Right. Um, probably just roll up with Fusion Mew. I feel like as soon as I show up to any local events, everyone's just like, "Here, give me, give me the Spirit Tombs, give me the Drake." Right, right. <laughs> so. That's what happens when you make a name for yourself with a deck that's so polarizing. Uh, it, it seems like it's automatic. They see you come into those locals. Uh, they have to put that one or two card uh, easy tech in. For sure. So yeah, we'll see. For sure. No, that's a solid start for sure. And hopefully, like I said earlier, hopefully continue to success and uh, getting that 600 point plateau, hopefully. Yeah. It's open for all of us. <laughs> Sorry, Chuck. 
I, I was going to say, I have, we have the locals that are like that too, that I have refrained from taking out Drapion out of my decks because they just play Mew. And I see it weekly. It's hard for me to uh, delete it even when I'm going to something that's not local. So it's just like, uh, but Mew. Well, I think you need to put like, it back in because Mew is still, uh, Mew's, we'll, we'll get to it. Because uh, I, I mean, I yeah. guess that's a perfect time to get into uh, um, our next and last topic is just really the meta discussion getting leading into LAIC. Obviously, we've had Paradox Rift come in. Uh, we've talked about some of these decks that are, um, you know, new and polarizing. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of uh, decks that are getting a little minor tweak and maybe putting them up or down on you know the the meta radar there. Uh, so first and foremost, uh, is Mew any version of Mew VMAX uh, still viable in your opinion? Uh, I mean, I think yes for both. I think that there's reasons to play Fusion Mew and there's reasons to you know just run it back with the Judge Path DTE Grabber Luxray. Um, I think that. They, it's really interesting to have counter catcher back in the format. And um, I've been testing playing two Pokemon catcher, one counter catcher in Fusion mm -hmm. Mew. And that's felt really um, interesting. I think that a lot of people thought Fusion Mew would die with Roaring Moon, but we're actually seeing Fusion Mew have a good matchup into Roaring Moon um, overall. So. I don't know. We'll just have to see. I'm really curious to see the LAIC results. And then, of course, Arlington after that. Um, I have a friend who was messaging me about DTE Mew the other night. And I'm like, yes, play it at LAIC. <laughs> right, right. Like, I'm like, let's crack it. I love right. it. Yeah, I mean, you did that mention the the the, the Roaring Moon, which um, I feel like when it first came out, with the first couple days it came out, uh, people were falling in love with the deck. Uh, because it's so fast, so consistent, and puts that early pressure on any deck, regardless of weakness or not. Um, but I think as we've seen over the last week, even after we talked last week about it, um, where, I mean, it's still very popular. It's the number one played deck on, on the Limitless page right now. Um, but it is starting to becoming a little solved on all those other uh, decks to, you know, its strategy against it because it is so linear. So it's like its biggest strength and its biggest weakness because once you get past that, um, if you can kind of disrupt their energy acceleration and they don't get get them off all the time, um, or if you can just upset the prize race with uh, one prizers that can deal with that deck, um, it feels like it, it is starting to not necessarily fall off in popularity, but not spike as far as like high win rates or whatnot, or have people like you know, concede too early. So what what are your thoughts on Roaring Moon? Me? Either one of you. Yeah, yeah I'll let you go first. Go ahead, Amy. Um, I haven't personally tested it. I've just played against it. Um, I obviously I think a lot of people know it's super powerful. Uh the ability to delete something off the field is nuts. Um we saw that when Giratina V Star came out, Star Requiem. Um the fact that it damages itself so much can be a liability. Um, but, you know, we saw it do very, very well in the regional of doom. And I definitely think that if you're not respecting it, that's a mistake. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think that of all of the newer decks, maybe, maybe iron Valiant is also very susceptible to this as well, but especially 
Roaring Moon and Iron Valiant are going to be susceptible to Judge Path Luxray. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Do we you need all of those pieces to get the puzzle working and you just can't find them and don't have an easy way to draw without Path? You know. Exactly. Um, and there are, you know, the, like I said, kind of with the, the single prizes, I found a lot of times playing against it or even playing with it, um, where it was like a, a like a Chen Pao matchup or something like that, or a deck that has you know a lot of one prize options, either if they're support support Pokemon or not, they'll just kind of put up a one prize uh, fodder up there, um, and it doesn't matter who takes the first prize because most of these decks are two prizers. So if they take that first two prize knockout, they're already actually ahead of the game, um, even though they took the second knockout. Uh, and I think that since you're so aggressive early good players will be able to take advantage of that, I think. And I think um, that's probably, like I said, one of its biggest downfalls. Although the deck feels great. I've played it a few times, you know, a good handful of games. Um, It seems like it does what it wants to do, turn one, going second, almost always. Chuck? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it seems like that. that's that's the way it wants wants to go second. It can do its thing uh, very, very consistently. Um, I think... Uh, if it if it keeps roaring in popul- popularity, uh, then then you're gonna see those people figure out how to not give it it what it wants that first turn, uh, because you then turn the tables back on on the deck like Jake you explained. So, all right. So the next deck I do want to talk about, uh, yeah, we kind of neglected to talk about it into any kind of detail last week. Uh, but is that, and Emmy, you kind of alluded to it earlier, Block Snorlax. Um, it's got a few new cards up its sleeve. Um, it's it's dominating uh, on the Limitless page here, where I think it's the second highest win rate out of all the all the decks currently um, going on. Um, what is it doing so well, um, you know, right now? Why is it having such success? And do you think that will translate into best of two uh games uh, at, at any kind of like regional level play. Yeah, I think that um people have been itching to have a control archetype that's good. We've kind of lacked a strong one for a while now. I will say in day 2 um there was one block Snorlax at Sacramento, I believe. So one one guy rolled up with it and did well with it. Um but yeah, obviously Countercatcher being back in the format in, you know, a deck that doesn't take prizes is, uh, you know, like deck changing. Um, the one thing I will say I'm curious about something we saw watching Blocks and Relax in the regional of Doom was these cards. And the reason why I bring it up is because it happened to me with Grabber. Um, cards like Grabber and Erica's... Uh, Erica's Invitation, not Erica's Hospitality. Mm -hmm. Erica's Invitation, where you don't have an option. So if you look at their hand and you find a Pokemon, it has to go to the bottom of the deck. It has to be in the active spot, right? So that can actually kind of mess things up for you. Um, So I'm curious to see how, you know, Blocks and Relax might actually put itself in a worse situation doing stuff like that. Um, trying plays without knowing what's in your opponent's hand and going, oh no, I really don't want that on the field actually. And now it's active. Um, Cause yeah, we saw that it almost lost a game by playing Erica's in that way right. um, on stream. So 
yeah, I don't know. I think it's really fun. <laughs> it's like really funny to block things in the active, but um, yeah. <laughs> I just, this Erica's is probably what for me, I mean, it's also counter catcher, uh, but uh, what makes this deck, you know, level up in, you know, in its place in the meta. And it gives me anxiety because it just gives me flashbacks when I first started uh, when we were playing against, uh, you know, Mawile, uh, uh, GX, um, and and if you always always had a Dedenne in your hand, and then they Mawile your Dedenne onto the board, um, but this is even worse because now you may have some Pokemon you know you don't want to play down at all for any reason, um, and then they, uh, you know, they play Erica's uh, and then put it up into the active, and then a lot of decks don't have that ability to switch because there's not a lot of switch cards aside from Lost Box. Um, so I don't know. It, we'll see if it has a lot of success, um, if people respect it or not, and, and if they put a lot of Switch in, in their decks. Yeah, For it's... sure. Yeah, I think... I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I think that it's really interesting with... Um, there's also like the version, like, do you play Crab Dominable V or not? And like specifically thinking about like Lost Box and using Misfortune Sisters, trying to get rid of those switching options. Um, and so I think that that's something too, that people need to be careful about if they are playing against Block Snorlax and like really watch and make sure you're not so low. If you are able to, you know, Iono yourself or, um, super rod like do something so you don't have two cards left because right. that crab, crab might come out and completely ruin your day so 100 so yeah there's a lot of ways um the deck you know can can win against a lot of matchups uh but obviously with a deck like that it's going to play slower um opponents may not know how to play against it so they might be playing slower just to kind of think about you know maybe conditions they can get out of um and going into a best of three format into all these bigger tournaments, how do you feel that that lends uh, into the deck? Do you think that hurts it ultimately, or do you think it's it's okay? I I feel like I'm talking about. <laughs> I think that's hurt. Yeah, I think that's going to hurt it a little bit. Um, the best of three, it's going to be hard for it to to win a best of three, like actually win a best of three if you play all three. Um, because I, I think it might be one that maybe loses fast, but then wins slow, uh, obviously with the with the stall tactic. That's the way it's going. But uh, uh, if you're playing against it, though, I, I wouldn't say like don't don't overthink everything that you need to do. I mean, you're going to be playing a slower game. Like, come up with a game. Like, if you can realize what you're playing against early, you come up with a game plan and play to it. And, and try and realize your outs and just give them the win when they earned it. Like, and then try to get to the next game. Like, yeah. that's the best, the best thing I can think of. Sure. For sure. Um, all right. So one, one other, um, you know, tech card kind of uh, stally or, or kind of whatever um, is that toad scroll. Um, obviously it's, it's very niche into certain decks, but it definitely hurts decks like Chen Pao or anything that plays like the or or even uh goldingo or anything like that that plays those uh super energy retrievals or anything that goes back in your hand. Uh, do you think that's a deck or a card that we're going to see for you know the foreseeable future in the next couple months? Um, or do you think it's just kind of like the hype is you know over overblown, I guess. 
I think that especially when people were very, very scared of Iron Hands and hyping up Iron Hands so much. I mean, we saw all the memes and Jake Gearhart and everything. Um, people were thinking that Chan Pao with Iron Hands was going to be super popular, very much played. And we're actually seeing Roaring Moon take that spot instead. So at least not at first. Like I would fully expect LAIC to have Roaring Moon be more played than a deck like Chien Pao and definitely more than a deck like Goldango. Not not that I'm saying that Goldango is not a viable pick, but just maybe not as strong as something like Chien Pao or not as well established mm. yet in the meta. Um, however, you know, depending on how we see Charizard a kind of shape up and Roaring Moon, Toad Scroll does it is a grass type. I don't think it has a good attack, but I don't know what you could pair it with that would be a grass type. <laughs> no, it's it's um, not very good. It only does 80 damage for for one grass and two colorless. I don't think it fits in like the Charizard archetype right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. <laughs> All right. So let's see. What's the next deck we want to talk about um, right now? You did talk about Iron Valiant. Um, I haven't seen a lot of it since like the first couple days of it dropping obviously with uh a lot of big decks it can kind of hurt it um uh, but obviously you're you know co-host of the one of the best tournaments online tournaments there is um what have you seen out of that yeah um iron valiant is probably the only new archetype i have actually tested quite a bit of um you kind of have the four versions right now i'm adding a fourth because i just saw a list that won a like 280 person tournament i think it was in japan but um so in my opinion probably the best way to play it is ntv um especially has really good donk donking like potential mm -hmm. Um, there's also the version with Jolteon, VMAX, and kind of spreading around damage counters, taking out multiple things, um, pairing it with Metacham to Yoga Loop. That one feels very much high rolly and um, hurts worse to late game disruption than Entei that can kind of like claw itself back out of that. Um, the, the Urshifu version, I haven't seen as much of um similar to jolteon kind of like sniping ability but then i saw this version with palkia which is really interesting it's um only playing two iron valiant but it makes sense because with palkia you're often having to try to clean up like fix that last math um and like being able to play cross switchers and um you know load up backup attackers really easily with star portal it kind of makes sense so um, if I was seeing my opponent flip over an Iron Valiant, I would assume that they're playing the Entei version probably, yeah. um, for right now. And yeah, I would definitely think that that would be the, the way to go, at least in this current meta. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I haven't put any testing in myself. Uh, like I said, I haven't seen, I haven't actually played against a, a Entei version. Uh, I haven't been able to play in the last handful of days, really. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen it. I've been kind of keeping a side eye on it, seeing it kind of grow in popularity. Um, and it sounds like it's definitely uh, a lot more legitimate than that first, you know, initial uh, list that came out. Um, but yeah, going forward into a deck that might actually struggle against that, um, that everybody, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people are thinking, hey, it's 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 time to shine again. And that is Garatina Lost Box. Um, what have you seen there uh, with the with the with its interactions to the new decks, I guess. 
I've 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 seen a lot of different takes uh, on Twitter, at least uh, seeing people post different lists that are a little less conventional. I guess is the the way to say it. Uh, a very comfy list. I've seen. I've, I've, someone was posting a very comfy list. Uh, Giratina one that was. It was more, there one with only two uh, comfies. Yeah, it was very heavy. Like I'm gonna abyss seeking uh, uh, until I get to ten or something like that. So, um, yeah. Uh, Tina is is one of those Pokemon though that are good early in a format, uh, with that you know, with an automatic remote like KO and a an attack that, well, almost auto KO a lot of things. Uh, so it is a with and then you can still bring in one of those uh gatekeepers in Sableye. Uh, so I it, it's viabilities there is whether it it can continue because as we see. Teams a lot. So, yeah. How about you? I mean, have you seen any, uh, um, you know, good plays with Tina, or or where do you feel like its viability is at the moment? Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely don't think it's a bad play. I think that it's interesting the way that people are trying to innovate with it. Um, maybe I think might be respecting. Uh, Iron Valley a little too much and being scared of playing little baby uh, like support Pokemon because um, I've seen that list of either playing like two Comfey or like one singular Comfey um, but with you know uh, Roaring Moon being so popular and so powerful I would be like nervous to just fall behind in the prize race really quickly against a deck like that so all right, all right. Um, I, we've talked about a lot, and obviously we're we're getting close here to the end. Uh, I don't want to talk about all the decks. Um, I, I I guess what I want to do here is um, get each and every one of our top three um, decks. If we were going to LIC, what we would be playing, um, you know, currently. And I guess we'll start with you, Emmy. Says you 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 are the guest and the uh, you know the, the casting expert. Um, well, I think that my number one pick right now, like personally would be Fusion Mew. I think that it has a good, at least on paper in statistics right now, good matchup spread, um, especially into Roaring Moon. I would assume Roaring Moon being the number one played deck at LAIC. Um, after that, I would probably think about DTE, Judge Path, uh, Mew as well. I think Judge Path is good, especially into like any format where people are trying new things, um good against you know iron valiant good against roaring moon potentially and then the last one would be i don't i don't know i think iron valiant is so mean but so fun right. um like tachyon bitsing your opponent so they can't even play the game is mean but it is a great way to cheese those games so um i think i would definitely say the Entei version is uh, in terms of what to pair with iron valiant but yeah those would be my top three i think in that order all right, Chuck. Then what? What about you? You're going to LASC. What are the three decks you're 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 most looking forward to? Um, most looking forward to, uh, or, or the or the best meta play, I guess. All right. Uh, it's hard for me to pick. It's hard to say what is going to be the topic. I I'm still high on Chen Pao, even though, uh, it can't. And kind of in those toad scrolls out there, like that can be kind of mean for it, but it has the single prize options to contend with Roaring Moons. 
like to throw off the Roaring Moons to start with. Um, it also, even if you, uh, it can hit a Roaring Moon with a single prize option for 30 uh, as well. Uh, I, I like it. Roaring Moon is going to be one I think that's going to be the most popular of something new. And then you you do have the Iron Hands in there too uh, to, to help it out. So Chen Pao uh, with the Iron Hands, uh, I think is probably my top favorite. I would also be looking at Roaring Moon as well. Uh, I it just look, it can just say I can KO that. Like that's right. rough. And I was worried about it being super good. And people have made a good list where it can consistently do what, what it wants to do. So I would be worried about that. And then third, uh, I would have liked to put my, my golden string cheese here, but I don't think he's going to be in the top three to look out for. Uh, I'm going to go probably a little off the box, but something I would look out for something popping up that you might not think it in a, a control ar archetype. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be the, the control, probably the block Snorlax is the best of the bunch, oh, but sure. uh, I do think uh, you might catch people just not respecting it enough. So that's a fair point. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, as I've been on the Chen Pao train uh, for a while here, I think it only gets better. Uh, it has a lot of different options. You know, we've already kind of talked about those. Uh, so that would be uh, up towards the top. Uh, the other two would be uh, Charizard EX. I feel like it is a very good deck against most of the meta. Um, it could tank hits from uh, Roaring Moon or punish them for using the attack that hurts themselves um it it has one prize uh you know uh, options with the with the uh the radiant zard as well as the charmeleons depending on the matchup where uh you know the those those charmeleons actually you know hit for uh knockouts uh, against a lot of things and obviously i feel it's like it's it's gained consistency uh after putting some time into it from last week uh with the the evolution zard version and less of the rare candy dependent so obviously you don't have a that Pidgeot or Pidgeotto or whatever, which one it is, uh, the, as a two prize liability, you can always give up a one prizer before ever giving up a two prizer, uh, which you know lends itself into um, you know being able to have a good prize map. Um, and then the third one I would pick, which might surprise a lot of the locals here, because uh, I still think one prize decks overall are kind of scary to play right now, uh, especially with the. The Iron Valiant and the and the and the hands in multiple different uh, you know versions of a lot of meta decks, uh, but that would be Gardevoir. Gardevoir seems like it's in a really decent spot, um, especially with the with the Screamtail. Um, I think it adds versatility to the list. Uh, so definitely uh, look out for Gardevoir. Um, you know, originally I thought Gardevoir was not going to be good, uh, but I'm I'm starting to think that you know. Especially if Block Snorlax is a thing that has options. Every single thing's an attacker. Um, so <laughs> the deck seems pretty good. Yeah, that, that was one, you know, is kind of on, on my radar to kind of, uh, but I think it's better of the single prize decks, a little bit better to poise to even handle Iron Hands uh, back. Like, obviously, you don't, it's going to be bad to lose two prizes uh, on, on a single prize mod like that, but. Uh, when you come to when you think of like lost box, it really doesn't have a great way to just like take that knockout back unless you like use dragon like you have to use dragonite or something like that. Um, whereas 
uh, Gardevoir has uh, many options uh, that it could potentially use to take that knockout. So, 100%. all right. Well, is there any other decks that we have not mentioned that you two feel that we should bring up before we close this cast out? I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of the decks that we've talked about. Obviously, there's, you know, the Maridons, the Lugias, uh, Lost Box variants, um, plenty of different other deck archetypes out there that are viable. And if you brought them, nobody would be like, what, what are you doing? But, uh, you know, we're in a right. very open meta. Um, those are just our opinions on, you know, what we would think to bring uh, to, you know, the next coming up tournaments here for points, So. I will put money on though. Like this is just a hot hot guess. Uh, is that we'll have a things we've seen final for LAIC. And <laughs> that it's two archetypes that have like maybe one new card in it, uh, from from Paradox Rift in the final. Just like something that you wouldn't expect to happen. For sure, for sure. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us on the cast. I want to thank you, Emmy, for coming on and joining us and talking a little bit of Pokemon and letting us, uh, you know, uh, you know, get to know you a little bit better uh, as a player and person in the community. Uh, before we let you go, though, it's your time to shine. Uh, any shout outs, plugs, all that fun stuff. Um, you know, go. Thank you so much for having me on. This was an absolute blast. Um, yeah, if you want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter, which is where I'm most active, at PokeEmmy underscore. I'm also on Twitch as PokeEmmy as well. Um, yeah, huge shout out to Girl Power TCG. You can find us on Twitch and TikTok and YouTube as just Girl Power TCG. Um, yeah, shout out to all of my locals and my testing partner. Um, yeah, and thanks for having me. Yeah, this was awesome. For sure, thanks for, for sure. being on. It was great. Uh, and as as always, if uh, if anyone wants to be lazy, there'll be uh, links to all of that in the show notes. So you, you can just quick and quickly click and then follow to get all of uh, keep uh, keep up with all of Girl Power and Emmy. So for sure. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it again. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us and hanging out to the end of the podcast. And that's going to do it for us for us this week. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinux1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at Pit Pokepod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We'll see you all next time. See you later.